Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Mind and Body Alignment Podcast. This is your space for all things in the physical and mental health space. We know that nothing's off limits here because becoming the best, most healed, most aligned version of yourself requires a balance of a multitude of things from fitness, spirituality, nutrition, business, mindset, personal development, and all the things. Thank you guys. My name is Christy Roberts and I am your host on this journey together. I am a conscious life coach, a certified nutritionist and personal trainer, and it's my mission to make this a platform for you guys to learn and become the best versions of yourselves. I have a company called Aligns Living where we provide holistic lifestyle solutions So check us out in the description and we are taking on clients for life coaching and fitness and nutrition coaching if that is something you are so interested in. Thank you guys for the support always and please while we are on the topic, let's give five stars in the podcast app and leave a review because it helps us reach more people and Something really exciting happened this week. We found out that we're number 69 on the mental health charts. So we're on top 100, which is a win in my book. Maybe we're not on the top 10, but we're just getting started. And we are so grateful to have you as a part of this community please make sure you're subscribed so you get a notification every time we upload. And if you're in Spotify, I don't know how that works, but make sure you are following along with us. And lastly, please take a screenshot of this podcast and write a note of what your favorite part was and tag me and tag our guest, which I will be going into. So we understand what you found the most beneficial. This is going to be one of those episodes where you're going to want to take some notes. We will have notes in in the description, but please play it back, save it for later. This is a lot to digest, but it is so valuable for living the most balanced life you can, especially if you're struggling with ailments. This episode is in tribute to Earth Day. I've brought on my good friend and special guest, Frankie Ferris. I actually met Frankie in Costa Rica and she helped heal me from an awful spider bite. I was limping around and in pain for days and she put something magical on my foot and suddenly I felt so much better. The flu symptoms went away and... I was like immediately thinking about how I had to bring her onto this podcast and after hearing more about her story, her healing journey, and her experience with Ayurveda, it has opened up the world to me and I know it's going to be beneficial for you guys as well. A little bit about Frankie, she is a 200-hour certified yoga instructor who focuses on yin and restorative yoga, which is primarily about mindfulness, 
focusing on breath and balance and staying grounded in the present moment. So this is so important for us in our busy ass society. (laughs) We need to slow down a little bit more, but I really think you guys are going to take some amazing things away from this podcast because we have a society that is so inflicted with ailments, disease, and chronic illness. It is just getting worse by the year and Western medicine isn't necessarily providing all the solutions to heal the root of the problem. So that is where Ayurveda comes in. It is all about balance. In the podcast, Frankie is going to tell us about her experience with autoimmune disease and disorder and how restrictive dieting did not help for her, but how finding a more balanced approach through Ayurveda has catapulted her on her healing journey to finding more calm and serenity and space within her vessel and her body. It is so inspiring. We talk all about the doshas, the three doshas. We'll talk about the meditative state of eating and how we need to find more grounding and calmness when we're actually eating. The physical act is just as important as what's going into your body super interesting stuff and then on top of it she's going to wrap it up with giving us routine recommendations to help align you with your dosha as well as some seasonal options for going into spring what foods you should be incorporating to find more balance in your body so it's super exciting if you guys want to take a dosha quiz there is a link to that please do so and you can follow along with understanding where your dosha is and how you can find more balance in your life to heal yourself. Thank you guys for being here and I'm so excited to share this with you. Honor of Earth Day, I wanted to bring on my good friend, Frankie Ferris, who is actually one of the most important people I will have on this podcast, probably ever, at least to this point in time. I am so excited to share this with you in honor of Earth Day. We are talking about Ayurvedic ancient healing medicine. And Frankie is a 200-hour certified registered yoga instructor with a focus on yin and restorative yoga. Um, In her classes, she aims to give people the opportunity to slow down, focus on their breath, and be present with their mat. Tomorrow, she'll actually be accepting a scholarship for an Ayurvedic health counselor and Ayurvedic practitioner program. So she is going to be guiding us on this informative journey about Ayurveda and ancient plant medicine. This is such an exciting episode because I've just found that so many Americans are suffering from chronic disease. Six in 10 adults are suffering from a chronic disease and over 23 million Americans suffer from an autoimmune disease of some sort, which is 7% of the population. This work is so important because quite honestly, Western medicine has failed us with healing the root cause of illness and Ayurvedic medicine helps bridge that gap with healing us from the root. So Frankie has an actually super interesting story, very fascinating and kind of traumatic, but I really think that a lot of 
listeners can relate to it because of the frustration, symptoms, fear, and lack of answers that Western medicine fails to provide us on healing from the root when you're experiencing autoimmune symptoms. So Frankie, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. It's such an honor. So I'm going to give you this a platform to talk about your symptoms and what you experience in your story. Oh, okay. Um, well, I was your typical college kid. Um, I was living on wine and cheese and crackers and cold pizza and anything that was given to me. <laughs> um, and after I graduated, I quickly realized that the free roommate water burger ran out and I needed to do something to, to, to feed myself and my practices weren't working. And I started to notice, um, not only combined with the stress that I had going on in my life, but with what I was eating, I was getting inflammation in very weird areas, like, um, injury spots that I'd had 10 years before I was in a bad relationship. And one of my flare up spots was on my ring finger, just goes to show you that mental connection. I, <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, through my inflammation and being so prone to injury, um, and just things that didn't get healed right over time, I developed an autoimmune disease. Um, psoriasis was the first visible, um, autoimmune disease, uh, which is inflammation and flare ups on the skin similar to psoriasis. I'm sorry, similar to, um, to eczema, but slightly different as far as the onset and how it manifests. Um, and then a few years after that started experiencing symptoms of arthritis and I was 30. And it was actually, that was before I was 30. That was, that was 26. Um, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. So in a fit of stress, not liking my job, I had an opportunity come up where I was going to be able to do some work that I loved. Mind you, it was with my hands. I was taking a risk with my arthritis. And so I up and left everything and moved to Florida for a focus on myself and for healing and for um, being in the sunshine and the fresh air and the salt water <laughs> and uh, out in Florida, I was turned on to uh, Amy Myers and the autoimmune protocol. And it is a, a diet that uh, seeks to take out any inflammation sources, possible inflammation sources. Now they're not the same for everybody because as we're going to learn today, everybody has their own constitution, their own makeup but it's a diet aimed to take out inflammation. So you can see where some of your root causes might be coming from once the body has calmed down. Um, it's a good elimination diet for a period of time, but as with any elimination diet, you're, you need to bring things back on. And I did not go that route because I didn't see enough of my own progress in areas. I had, I had a lot of skin issues. I had a lot of inflammatory issues. I had a lot of joint pain. Um, I lost the grip in my hands at one point in time for about three months. Um, but through all of that cleaning out, I discovered what I was 
susceptible to responding to in a bad way, what my body didn't like and what it didn't align with, what, what didn't feed it holistically, including nightshades. That was an odd one. I had a victory cigarette after my clean out diet of, of 60 days and, and then bam, <laughs> and then it hit me like a ton of bricks. I couldn't get out of bed the next morning. It's like, hi, you just inhaled a toxin for your body. How do you feel? <laughs> I was like, well, doc, I can't move. <laughs> so it taught you a lot about what was working for your body, but you still were struggling to navigate balance through the Exactly. Exactly. And at 24, you lose and in, in, in the United States, you lose coverage from your parents' insurance. And so I have not had, except for a few scant years here, here and there in between, I have not had insurance in 12 to 15 years. It's been a while, you know? And so finding healthcare that can be affordable, but that also gives you the autonomy of choice is, is hard. Um, and functional medicine, integrative medicine is very expensive and it's not covered by insurance, even if I had a supplemental insurance. So I really was doing all of the research and the reading and diving deep and trying to navigate on my own. Um, and I just got so lost in life that I realized that I had been on this diet for five years wow. and I had things that came in and out of my life and, and things that were working and weren't working, but it started to take a toll on my body because I wasn't getting the chance. I wasn't giving my body the chance to take in the nutrients that it may have needed at certain cycles during my life, because that's, that's what it, that's what we go through, right? We're human beings. We're animals. Technically, like we, we go through things in a cycle like nature. So, um, I wasn't getting some of the nutrients that I needed. And after prolonged use of that, um, and then having to address something to address a root problem, which was my teeth and fixing all of the holes that I had had in my teeth. And, and just from injuries, I had an injury as a child where I busted 12 of my teeth, some of them grown, some of them not, that wasn't fixed. Right. Then later on down the road, I was hit in the face of the baseball bat and that screwed up stuff in my nasal cavity connected to a lot of my, you know, it's all there in your neck and right around your vagus nerve and everything that just attaches right down your spinal column to all of your organs. So your, or your oral health is super, super, it's important. And so my mom rounded up some miracle of some manifestation of an income and said, I'm this is a problem that I didn't do right by you as a child. We, we need to fix this. And so went to Costa Rica on a whim, not a whim and a very educated lead from her insurance agent, <laughs> whose wife had gotten some dental surgery down there. And so started my journey and I went down for, I did two trips. The first one was 30 hours of dental work and, and six days. Um, I really didn't know what the heck I was getting into. Um, it was a, it was super traumatic on my body. Mind you, I was still doing the autoimmune protocol. And then I had to do this very restrictive diet because I could only have soft white foods that could be mashed with my tongue and the roof of my mouth. And so I'm eating, you know, fettuccine Alfredo, which I haven't had in, in seven, 10 years with the gluten and the dairy and, you know, whatever. And so 
that on top of all of the medicine that I had to take or that I was instructed to take that I didn't necessarily need to take. I just didn't know any better on how to manage things. I overloaded my system with the pharmaceuticals, with the, with the foods that I hadn't been eating for a while. And then my gut health was down because I hadn't been getting, getting at the nutrition that it needed. So it was a combination of things that when I came back to the States manifested as a nine week outbreak of psoriatic symptoms to an extreme of pus and not being able to take a shower and, and touch my dog and various things. And, and due to the outbreak of the, of the virus last year, no one would see me. And so the timing was just really crappy. Terrible and so scary to be dealing with at that time. So there's a lot of fear and anxiety, I'm sure. And you also mentioned there was shame too. So you're experiencing all of those emotions while going yes. through that. Which added to the stress that manifested on the skin, because as we know, through the study of vibrations and things like that, when you take that negative energy and those negative thoughts and you feed on them, your body, your cells feed on that vibration. Mm-hmm. and you can manifest that internally. And so it was, it was coming out. My stress level was keeping the inflammation at a high. Um, that actually is when I found a program that taps me back into what I quote, call the motherland with my India and my Vedic studies is, um, is I tapped into a program through a, a company called yoga East West at the time that got me focused on yin and restorative yoga and took my mind from this frantic panic. I don't know if I'm sick from all of this stuff in Costa Rica, or if I got sick on my travels home or, and now my income is gone. And, you know, all of these things just laying on top of it, that it just exploded in my face and through that yin and restorative training, I just kept, it actually opened up a connection for me that, that I needed at that point in time. It connected me to, to an authentic teacher in India, plus now friends that are lifelong friends that I have in India and, and, um, the connection to help me help others in that time, that quarantine time, that this communication, this online learning, this networking it it's necessary for our healing. And so I signed up for a 300 hour program and I just kept going and going and then started reading the Ayurveda and reading deeper and deeper and deeper and started finding that my symptoms, including the ridges in my nails and the white spots on my nails and, you know, um, breakouts on my skin in certain areas and, uh, let's see, I was losing my hair, so many things that I was reading almost like an instruction manual out of these textbooks that I was learning from. And I was like, holy crap, these answers have been here for 5,000 years. Why didn't anybody tell me this before? I would be the great first answer. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a long, hard journey of your right guesswork and, and uh, restrictive eating that was detrimental and, and negative self-talk that was detrimental and all of the things that, you know, you talk about here on this podcast, you know, it's like, it all came into this 
lifestyle of Ayurveda, which is, which is what Ayurveda is. It's a combination of two words. So are you, um, and Veda. So it's like the study of life. So Veda is the study of, or knowledge. And then, um, are you is, is literally life knowledge that are the science of, of life. So it's just, it's a study that woke up another part of my yoga journey that wasn't just asana that that made sense to me after five years of of seven technically with with the gluten-free and even more than that let's see I've been gluten-free for 10 years now or I had been it's been brought back into my life thank goodness because I do (laughs) like pizza and bagel Thank God so, I can come back. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so it was a it was a long journey of of trial and error to find something that's just so rooted in Mother Nature and just made perfect sense with it just aligned with everything that I was learning. And you talk about like in Ayurveda, there are different compositions that each dosha has. So I want to give you the opportunity to talk about that and then also give us a little rundown on how you started seeing your symptoms improve and how that trial and error started unfolding for you with your journey. Sure. Um, well, yes. So we are, I'll back up a little bit. So, (laughs) Um, Ayurveda, it's like I mentioned, it's working with the cycles and working within, within mother nature, but also looking at the bodies as, um, individual makeups. Like everybody has the new term that's, that's been coming out of the functional medicine community is, uh, bio individuality, um, which means that everybody has their own makeup and that's just a, it's a fancy word for each person. If they came from a certain region, they have a certain blood type, like everybody has these characteristics that you can see, you can see if a person has a tall, skinny frame, you can see if somebody has a sweet round face with plump cheeks and and blue, sweet eyes and you, and 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 a beautiful voice, you know, you can see these characteristics and they are all manifestations of the five elements within nature. So those five elements that, um, that we're speaking of, it's air, ether, fire, water, and earth. And so each of these elements come together to make up our doshas. And so our doshas are our individual body humors that each one of us has throughout our entire life. So we're born with a dosha concentration. And then we actually have imbalances that happen throughout life, depending on what we are doing or what we are eating or the seasons. So these doshas are a combination of these elements that affect our physical, mental, and our emotional beings. And so those three doshas are vata, pitta, and kapha. And I'll break those down first. So vata is a combination of air and ether or space. So we're thinking wind qualities, right? So dry, cold, light, rough, subtle, mobile, clear, dispersing. Like when you blow on like ashes on a table, 
they spread, right? Mm -hmm. So that movement and that dynamic, and then it's, you get a chill when a breeze touches your skin and that breeze, when you, when you're out in the sun or the, the, like the water too long on the lake or something, your, your lips get chapped and they get dry and you feel dehydrated. So the wind can, and the air can do that. So that's the qualities of Vata. And so Pitta, the next one is, or not the next one, but the another dosha is pitta and the, that's the combination of fire and water and so its qualities if you think about fire and water like bubbly you get that like if there's any oil in it you see that sort of slimy residue so we're thinking oily hot light because it bubbles and it va- evaporates with the fire and the water moist so that humidity in the air sharp so fire it's hot. And when the water gets to a temperature of the fire, it's hot as well. That's, and it's an intense pain, right? That, that instinct, like, Oh, Holy crap. Don't do that. Um, and it's mobile and sour smelling. So sour smelling is kind of an odd one, but, um, like fermenting, if you think of, of like that heat that happens and that think of, of that sort of sour smelling. So, the third and not the last or least dosha is kapha. And kapha is a combination of water and earth. Um, this one I, I love because water and earth are just so comforting, right? Like it's just, I know, just, just makes me think like the cancer family, right? Like that crab gets the both best of both worlds. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so these qualities are cool and slow and heavy and slimy and dense and soft and static. So like quicksand, like when you step in it, it just depresses. And then when you take it back up, it doesn't really go back to its form right away until it has that influence of water to kind of help it out and smooth it out. So um, those are sort of the, the qualities. So you've got the, the Vata, which is airy and, and lots of activity. And then the Pitta, which is the fire and the water. So that's even more like dynamic movement, right? And then Kapha, which is sort of grounded and stable and, and that really everybody needs that kapha friend. <laughs> I know I can use those grounding kapha yeah. friends for sure. <laughs> always. Um, so I started to notice that I, through my dosha studies, I realized that I am a combination. I am a pitta vata and I can have a lot of Pitta kapha tendencies for my imbalances because of my inflammation, because of my skin conditions that the Vata also comes out with the skin condition being the dry. So what, what you're seeing here is that we're not just typically now, and not saying that there's not people out there with one constitution, cause it does happen, but typically we're a mix of these qualities, right? And so you'll find that you're one or two with your dominant one being the one that you are, you just relate to most as far as the body and the mind qualities, but mostly the body and then your mind qualities come into the, to the second, um, second one. So that's why I'm Pitta in my mm-hmm. body, my physical manifestation and Vata is my secondary. So it's a lot of my mind chatter, that chitty gritty. So chitty gritty. So yeah. And I think you were the, were the same. I, were you not? I was one too. Well, it said uh, Vata Pitta, but I think they are supposed to be switched. Like 
because my mind you could just it, you could just have a, a slight um uh derangement in your vada to where it's a little bit on the high side because you have a lot of transition and a lot of movement going on right now so that could be so and that's the beautiful thing about ayurveda is that it's a study of life right so the uh, the words that we give it are the prakriti and the vikriti so prakriti is your inborn individual constitution. So it's determined by where you were born, what the stars were doing, the planets were doing up in the sky, what time you were born, the season that it was like, you have a roadmap to your life determined that Prakriti, it, in, it, it influences your life throughout its duration in this incarnation. Mm-hmm. But your Vakriti is probably closer to the past three to six months. So you can take a dosha quiz every three to six months and see how you vary along these scales between all of these um, categories, all these different doshas, the Pitta, Vata, and the Kapha. So you can see where your imbalances lie each season. I love that so much because I think it just resonates with how like, like we're ever changing through life. And that's why personality quizzes are so complicated for me personally, because I think that they're always shifting and never necessarily accurate. And so this really is such a testament to how we do change with our environment. Everything that is affected by the elements. So anything that is made up and has a gross body that comes from those natural elements has a prakriti. So if you think about it, like everything grows and dies in cycles and it has certain things that it needs throughout that time, right? It doesn't need exactly what it needed when it was a seed in the ground, when it's a tree full grown or dropping its own fruit, its own seeds, right? Like it needs certain things and that's, that's nature. So that cycle and that influence of change is you can't escape that. <laughs> you can't run from it. And I think, I think that's the biggest thing with Western medicine now is like, we aren't, we aren't really taking into account our specific biochemistry. You can take blood tests, but it doesn't account for these constitutions. You know, it, it the blood test gets, what's the standard on a blood test test? It's these, you know, university driven study for the CIS male and a 65 year old body, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, how is my makeup the same as that man? That's the reason that I went to holistic healing because my had gotten so bad that they wanted to give me the medication for my psoriasis and my arthritis that my parents were taking in their 60s to deal with the stuff that they had going on. And they flat out said, Oh, by the way, Frankie, you can't have grapefruit, limit your time in the sun. You can't drink alcohol. You can't have kids. You can't. And I was like, screw you institution. <laughs> You're not telling me how to live my life. And I can't, I'm not even kidding you, Christy. I can't go to doctors because I am that patient who will look the trainees in the eyes and, and go learn functional medicine, <laughs> learn holistic care, find the, you know, get rid of the bandaid and get to the root. Yes. And, it, and so, you know, that's probably why my mom stopped going to appointments with me. Cause she's like, I don't know this cat. I don't think I know her. <laughs> well, when you're so deep in this work, like you can't help, but understand the, 
the connection between the mind and body. And this is what this whole foundation is about is like, we understand that there are seasons of our lives and sometimes we're a bit more stressed and that's when these things pop up. And so many times people will go get, get like an ultrasound or they'll get all of these different tests and nothing comes up nothing. And the doctors are saying they're fine, but the client is not fine. They're feeling uh, dizzy or whatever the symptoms are. No answers for an extended period of time. And I've had this so many clients and that's why I'm so fascinated with all the knowledge that you have. (laughs) And it's, it's about being knowledgeable about your environment as well, right? Because there's, there's some environmental factors that people don't think about at times that aren't going to show up on medical tests, mm-hmm. you know, or, or it'll be on a specific test that a specialist has to call out or somebody that actually knows something that, that reflects that and goes, Oh, this is odd, but I've done this before. Right. So in that sense, to give you an example, I figured out that I had my chronic fatigue syndrome that I had. And all of my digestive issues that I had going on at a certain part of my life were actually caused by a mold-borne illness. So I had biotoxicity happening in my brain and all kinds of toxins that were built up in my nasal cavities that my functional practitioner um, at a place, Merit Wellness Center in Austin, they don't have a a physical office anymore. They're all online, but... um, that my doctor actually had worked with the doc with the Schumacher protocol, which is a protocol for mold. And I was giving him all of these symptoms. I was tired. I didn't have the energy. I didn't want to do my dishes after I, I made a meal. Um, in the morning, it took me forever to get out of bed. And like, I had to drag myself outside to physically get sunshine. So I had some energy going on. And then at night I wanted to be at home early because I started to see that I had tracers through the lights and the signs at night. And I didn't know what was going on because I would go to an optometrist and mind you, the atrocious perfume that they allow people to wear in those offices was giving me a migraine. I could read an eye chart perfectly top to bottom. And so when I would tell them my symptoms, they would tell me I was batshit crazy and send me out out of the way. And so I'm like, I'm not crazy. I cannot drive at night. I'm in this, at this point in time, I think I was, I was 32 and I was like, I'm 32 years old. Yes. I understand that there is early blindness that can happen, but there's no signs of that in my family. What is going on? And so I went to my practitioner and he tested me and it was, I was, susceptible to the genes that uh, Lyme disease, MS and Alzheimer's. And so what was happening is that it was triggering those parts of my brain, causing those inflammation diseases to kind of kick on those early stages and mm-hmm. screw and shit up for me, <laughs> excuse my French, but I would eat a, a tablespoon of sweet potato and have digestive pain for four hours. And I couldn't drive at night. And I was in mid thirties. Come on, years old. It's not normal, and we need to 
acknowledge that it's not normal for 30. Exactly. And so as soon as he ordered the, as soon as he ordered my blood work and that he was a specialist and was able to order that type of blood work. And I'm saying this and sharing this story, because if you're feeling these symptoms, this is an avenue. If you have not explored, it is common, more common than people want to talk about, especially in the States where you have a lot of rain or forested areas where it changes from hot to cold, like Texas all the time. So like you get that moisture that doesn't know where to go with, you know, and so it grows into, well, it manifests into vibration and turns into plant matter. And it's not always the good kind, you know? Mm -hmm. And so my doctor ordered a home test and found seven spots of growth I'm sorry, sorry, seven spots of presence of mold and two of growth, one in the kitchen, one in the bathroom where I was spending about 75% of my time when I was at home, because mind you, I was making all of my meals, trying to be healthy. I was working from home and you're chronically exhausted. So you're just staying there too. Exactly. Yeah. So it took a lot of trial and error and really just cleaning my system out and listening to my system, trusting the feelings that I was having and, and being empowered in those feelings and knowing that I wasn't crazy and knowing things that I've read so I can stand up to a clinician and say, I respect your terminology on your side of the fence and what you were trying to say. But what I'm telling you is you do not have enough education, unfortunately, sir, (laughs) to tell me this. And you do not know my body, which makes you unable to make this decision for me in this moment. Now, mind you, there is a time and a place for medicine. When I came back from Costa Rica the second time, I had a only mild breakouts. So I was able to manage my pain and, and manage my symptoms after the second trip, because I had done my research. The first one, that breakout that I had, I had no choice, but to do a very minute titration of a, of a medicine to help calm the inflammation down in my body. And I had a retinol cream that I did have to put on some of the areas because Christy, I had. 60% 60% of my body covered in this rash, wow. this breakout, and it had never gotten that bad. So listening to your body, but being empowered. And that's what the beautiful thing about this Ayurveda science is, is that you can go in and you can take these time tested dosha quizzes, right? They're, 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 you can take as many as you want. They may vary slightly and they'll vary by seasons, but it comes out like you are who you are. And it's, this has been studied for 5,000 years. And so it allows you to tap into this tested knowledge and say, okay, so if it's doing that and I'm in this category and I eat this, it'll balance out why I'm feeling like this. So it allows you to break down and learn over time exactly what your body is needing. Mm -hmm your own specific balance is. And I think that's the biggest thing in your story is finding that balance finally. Yeah. Cause I didn't have that. I mean, I had done the restrictive diet and I really, really, you know, we try to be the best at our restrictions, right? Like to try and 
And you know, you think you're being so good, (laughs) but you're really not yourself wrong. You know, you can do this, right. Whatever your, whatever your, your view is, but it can get, if you don't have the proper guidance, it can get detrimental. And I did not have the proper guidance until my body started speaking loud enough to give me that guidance to be like, this is not working. We need to find something else. So when my nails started breaking off and, and just, I mean, they were coming detached from my fingers mm-hmm. and my hair was falling out 30% on one side and 50% on the other. This pixie cut didn't come from desire. This was a, this was a move out of pure gut to trust my friend who's a barber to have an image that didn't look like I was sick. Cause I didn't, that was a thing. I did. It was an invisible disease, if you will. So people, they, they don't see what you're going through when I don't have my skin rashes. And when I'm covered up, they don't know yeah. why I might be feeling tired or what, you know, so it's, it, it's one of those things that why put myself out there? If I, I just don't want to deal with it. So I'm just going to stay inside. So it's isolating, right? These, these mm-hmm. autoimmune diseases that they don't want to tell you are common that, you know, or that they tell you will blanket you and put you in a category and put you on a medicine that, you know, a hundred thousand people are taking for something else that doesn't feel right for you. They're, you know, Ayurveda and healing modalities that are more holistic are here to tell you that your body has the power to heal, but it takes that mind and spirit as well. Right. And following it. And I think like another huge thing that you've talked about is using the act of eating as kind of a meditation in a way and how that's really helped you find balance as well. So what do you mean by like how you eat being so important to this work too? How you prepare your food you, you know, how you shop for your food, making sure that it's appropriate for you, how you, how you physically eat your food, you know, in, in India with these ancient practices, they didn't use any measuring techniques. Like they were using their hands because they wanted to be so connected to the food. Mm-hmm. So it's, they're called food sadness. And that's just like a practice is really what that means. So it, it's just like, you know, I go through and I make my own garam masala and I make my own curry. I just dried some peppers in my dehydrator so that I can make a sauce, you know, later on down. So it's, it's about being intentional with your food. It's about being intentional with how you're preparing it. It's intentional with how you are eating it. You want to sit down to enjoy your meals. You want to, um, thank your food and give reverence to your food. There's a reason people say grace, right? Exactly. It's about setting that tone and, 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 and being totally, we are thankful for what is going on. You're about to nourish us. And that practice is in Ayurveda as well. You sit and you, you give these good vibrations because that the other saying you are what you eat. If you sit down And not only that, you know, about having the quality ingredients organic, if you can get them and the clean ingredients and fresh whole foods, but things that are in vibrational alignment, but then also 
vibrations that you are putting on them, making sure that you are in that mindset of love and nourishment and no anxiety, no distractions, no emails, no phone calls. You know, I've come to the point where I try to keep my, both of my feet on the ground. So my circulation and my body is complete. So I don't have my legs crossed and there's no communication going. I mean, I'm like, okay, this is getting extreme, but you know, you start thinking about these balanced ways of living and every nuance that you do. So it becomes a lifestyle when you're living with these sadhanas and this, this practice giving reverence, you know, and you want to, you don't want to force yourself into anything. Part of going with the flow, doing the Ayurveda, you don't want to eat unless you're hungry. You don't want to drink unless you're thirsty. Mind you, if you have been dehydrating yourself and you are hungry, 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 but you've just eaten perhaps, then you know better, right? You don't need to put more food in your system. You probably need to tap your palate with some H2O, right? (laughs) Let's replenish. (laughs) Um, And, and really just, uh, you know, those, those practices and, and not being ashamed of once you start getting into your doshas and learning about what suits you, your body and your vibration and, and the seasons, not being ashamed of, I can't have that. Don't think of it like that. You know, you don't want to think about, I can't have peppers. Think of it as, oh, okay. Now I get to be creative with beets and figure out how I'm going to create this tomato sauce. Or now I get to, so just like even changing your language on taking the things out that are not in alignment for you. Like maybe it's not forever, but just right now. So not applying stigma to anything that you are, are doing or, or eating. And so just, it's really about the intention and, and that's the beautiful thing. And that's, you get to put in that level. It's up to you how much you put in. Right. Yeah. And whenever I started doing these practices, Christy, I was, I have a very bottom mind airy all over the place, constant activities. I'm my to-do lists are everywhere. I rewrite them all the time. I'm frantically like, you know, searching for things. And then I stop and give it up. And then I breathe, turn around and sitting right in front of me, like, you know, it's go, 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 go. And, and it reflected in some of my digestion. And so when I found Ayurveda and started doing this the first week, doing the, the food sadhanas of, you know, the routines of like lemon water in the morning and making sure I go to the bathroom and, and, um, and we'll, we'll get into routine, but when I, when you got into the food sitting and being and eating the things that were aligned in alignment with me, all of a sudden I had this, I'm not, it was like within a week, I couldn't explain the lack of anxiety and I couldn't explain the feeling of stability and why I was so grounded. I was like, this is unlike me. What the heck is going on? Like so I grounded. giving myself credit, you know? And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I have, of course, things come into your universe at the right time, right? So mm-hmm. I run into one of my gurus, one of my teachers in Ayurveda, and she's like, well, how long have you been doing the practice? And I'm like, well, it's only been a week. She goes, oh, you're in honeymoon phase. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> so it's not a, it's not unknown. You start to feel more in tune with your environment. And that's why you start to feel more grounded because you literally start emitting these vibrations that you have been eating and taking on that are in perfect alignment with you. Right. Mm -hmm. So you are what you attract. And if you are taking in all these vibrations and you're just fucking glowing out there, you know, you're just sending out that light. <laughs> yes. I, I think with, with all of that, with, with eating something that's not necessarily in alignment, it reminds me of like in our human biology, we have these feedback systems and it's kind of like that in a way where it's like, if we're giving ourselves something of the same quality, that's not in balance. We're just sending our bodies into like this feedback, positive feedback loop where we're accelerating all of these processes, all of these reactions, chemical reactions that are not necessarily going to keep us grounded. So the purpose is really to find that grounding that's specific to each constitution. Correct, right? Yes, you are totally right. And of course, indulging in things every once in a while, do not restrict yourself from having that piece of chocolate cake. Don't restrict yourself unless you have diabetes and it's going to throw you overboard mm -hmm. and have to go to the hospital. Don't do that. Like know your limitations, but give yourself those indulgences because otherwise your mental state is going to go to that bad side, right? You're going to get the red flags on the other side and then you're just eating those vibrations. Yeah. And no. so you're double timing that food and it's like negative on negative because you're shaming yourself and then you're eating those negative emotions physically. Like it just, yeah. just give yourself and, and know that the reason that we have systems like Ayurveda is because when you do things like that, it will manifest as a physical symptom. Right. And then Ayurveda, when you go back, you can look and say, why am I feeling like this? What did I eat? And it says, what is it? manifesting as, and this is way deep into the Ayurveda. So this is not like today's conversation for everything, but you know, you can go and say, I had too much dairy. I need to eat something that's going to dry that mucus out. Mm, interesting. So there's ways to like, if you're going to eat mozzarella sticks. I don't recommend the fried food, but if you're going to do it, eat it with a spicy dipping sauce, right. To, to have that heat, to help digest that dairy. So, um, you know, there's, there's things that you can do to help balance. And it just, again, comes back to listening and then not shaming. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that so much because I have had a lot of clients come to me over the last like two years, three years that I've been like in personal training, nutrition and coaching in general. And it's all of this fear around the act of eating and it causes and like just experience with diet culture and restrictive eating that it's just, we have become so accustomed to distracting ourselves in the act of eating, putting on a show and eating by the TV and also just shaming ourselves for eating. So it turns into binge fests. And I, that's something that I've really like, I love this practice because it's a way of showing you that you can have it all, but like really focus on what your specific needs are. Yeah. And being, being mindful of those needs and being aware in those moments, like 
you're, you know, that something's not bad for you. The moment that you have the first thought before you go to that box of cookies and your mind is going, I probably shouldn't have one of these right now, but then your ego goes, Mm, but that chocolate and the cream but is going to be so good. And I was just going to, and then I'm going to pick it out of my teeth later. So I get to savor the plate, you know, like you do, but that's the, the recognizing why you're having those thoughts is part of this practice. Right. And why do you want that sugar rush? What, what is it that you didn't have today that is giving you that craving for sugar? Do you need to drink more water? Are you low on magnesium? Are you, you know, there's like, usually just people are dehydrated, (laughs) dehydrated. That's really mainly the The thing. And so that's, that's a huge thing is just going back to that water. And I tell people um, now on a regular basis, I'm like, if you're getting tired of just drinking water, you can do things like I will instruct people to do aloe juice and and a little bit of honey even because the aloe juice rebuilds your gut lining and the honey does a little bit of a digestive digestive push in your stomach. Right. So it, it like you get a little bit of both that Mm -hmm. satisfaction of a tiny bit of nutrition, but then also that healing with the hydration. Right. So it's just learning these hacks and, and, and discovering what works for you and not being afraid to try these new things like a study of life called Ayurveda, which is a, it's a weird term, right? It's foreign to some people and, and that's okay. But wouldn't you rather see something that has been proven and tried and trusted and true rather than a gimmick? That's just a, somebody who's come off the shelf and saying, I've got this new thing. It's just absolutely amazing. Give me 10 years. Let me see how it is. And then, you know, I, I, and mind you, innovation happens every day. And I am avid, avid, avid believer in science and learning and the scientific yes. method and experimentation. But when it comes to my body, I don't want to, I don't want to screw around. I want to know what I'm putting in it, what I'm putting on it, how I'm, how I'm treating this temple. I think it's so important that we go back to our roots and those, in those avenues, because we forget sometimes that like humans have been around for millions, like hundreds of thousands to millions of years. And somehow we've made it here and pharmaceuticals have really only been around for a hundred, 200 plus years. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now we have the sick, like the most sick people people aren't dropping dead in the street, but we've got the highest death rates of babies as well. You know, being born, it just, there's a lot that a lot of patterns that people are just, their blinders are on, right? Mm -hmm. They, they, it doesn't, it doesn't concern me. I'm doing my thing. I'm in my lane. I got my TV shows. I got my pizza hut. I got my, I'm doing my thing, right? (laughs) Complacency. Good. (laughs) And that's, and I, if you are fine in your complacency and that's what you want to do, by all means, go do it, but don't come bitching to me about your brain fog and your tiredness and your lack of motivation to do anything and, and your digestive issues and your chronic body pain. Cause I'm going to tell you, go clean out your pantry, go clean out your fridge, go mm-hmm. clean out your system and then come back and talk to me in 30 days. 
Yes. I've actually told clients the same thing. Like (laughs) throw out everything, everything. And it takes a while. It takes like a few weeks of saying it. And still there's, it's scary, right? Hard to let go. It's tough to let go of because this is a whole new world, a whole new, it's difficult too, because, um, the chemicals in food literally make people addicted. So Oh, that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast, <laughs> which we will get into another time. Um, so seasonal tips, and you also like had recommend recommendations for a daily routine to help. Yeah, well, I'm just a vessel sharing this information, right? This has been around for quite a long time. <laughs> it's way older than I am. I can say that with confidence. <laughs> um. So yeah, as in life, there are natural cycles to uh, the seasons, to the day, to your actual life that correspond with the doshas. And so your times of life, um, when you are a baby, when you're a child from like zero to like being born to 30 years of age, you're in kapha. So you're kind of you know, you're chunky and you're learning things and you're a little clumsy and, you know, you're kind of just figuring out where it all lands and what you're doing. And then when you hit that adult quote stage is what society is deemed as an adult, if you will. Um, It's from 30 to 60 years, that midlife frame, you're looking at that pitta quality. So lots of activity, right? We're doing lots of things, doing, being, going, seeing, you know, just, it's just lots of movement, lots and lots of inertia. And then when you are 60 and up, you get into that Vata, like, come, we're kind of cool. We're like easy breezy. We got it. We know what's going on. Now we're just going to like, enjoy it. And like right out the way, right. Cause we got it all figured out or we, we, we hope we do, but Like you and I have discussed before, there's no timing that's, you know, in life that's perfect as a model. Everybody is doing this at their own rate as far as where they're going to be in life. But these seasons can be used as sort of a guide to help you. So you'll see those seasons and and the activities and the times of the day as well. So between um, 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. and 10 p.m we're thinking it's still, you know, like dark, cool. It is the Katha, Katha energy, right? Oh, That's slow moving, misty that. morning. And then you get into from 10 o'clock in the morning to two o'clock in the afternoon or from 10 o'clock at night, to two o'clock in the morning. That's like when all your activities happening and things are happening, you know, there's lots of movement, lots of fire, lots of energy. So that's your pit of time. And then your nighttime, um, your your vada is going to be from 2 p.m. to 6 a.m. or from 2 a.m. to to 6. I'm sorry, I'm screwed that one up. Pooch out the door on that one. <laughs> <laughs> two six. <laughs> two p. Two p.m. to 6 p.m. and 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. is that vada time. That that uh that windy, dry time. And then um, in your daily routine, we can take advantage of those times, right? So we can 
in the morning, we can wake up with the sun or before the sun even, and take the time to meditate and do the slow things, you know, empty your bowels, take the time. You can read when you're, when you're in the bathroom, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But then we want to start to bring in some of the activity in the morning. So let's, let's spice up that vagus nerve a little bit. Let's get that vagal tone going and splash the face with some cold water and do some tongue scraping. And, And that may be a new practice for someone, but tongue scraping it gets rid of the ama on the back of your tongue. So that undigested food that sits on the back of your tongue, you know, in the morning when you wake up and you, you're like, ew, what is that? Like, why is it like pasty white on my, you scrape all of that out. Like we don't need that, right? Let's scrape all that crap out. That's a practice that changed my morning routine. I can't tell you how much more clear I feel Mm -hmm. just having that gone. And so doing that and that you want to, so scraping your tongue about seven to 14 times, brushing your teeth with like a tooth powder, like a neem powder or something that's going to be more of a holistic, like a charcoal powder or something that um, doesn't have all the harsh chemicals that some of those more name brand uh, broad family products can have, right? Um, The ewg.org they have a great resource for toxic products. So you could go on and I can, I'll shoot you that resource after podcast um, so that you can add that in there. But EWG is a great place to go look for, for clean products. So brushing your teeth, you do your oil pulling about two to three times a week, your neti pot rinse, nose rinse um, for your sinuses more often during allergy season. But um, um, two to three times a week, if you're needing it, just to keep that, that, clear, right? Those passages clear. Um, then I always drink anywhere from 24 to 32 ounces of, of warm water with lemon and salt or lime and salt, sea salt. And that just detoxes the liver a little bit, kind of flushes out the liver in the morning and gives you some hydration and some, some nutrients with the salt and, and the, um, the citric acid. And, um, really cleaning out your system that will help you go to the bathroom. If you haven't gone already, like, trust me, leave your coffee for a little bit later on. It's Mm -hmm. not great to flush your system with caffeine first thing in the morning. Like if you can, you're better off eating a carrot or an apple than you are drinking drinking a cup of of water. Yeah. I, I try and tell everyone like, leave your caffeine for later in the day if you can. Yeah. You know, so you want to, you want to think about getting the system cleared out so you can start your day with more energy, right? You don't want to start out with the sluggishness from yesterday still in your system. So also cleaning out the lymphatic system is something that we can do in the morning. So dry brushing and, and, and what we call abhyanga, which is an oil massage, like a warm oil massage. Sesame oil is a, is a pretty common tradoshic oil. Coconut oil works for, for people as well. um, If you have that and then, doing a cool shower. If you can do cold and really focus on rushing that blood back into the central cavity of your, your torso and creating that flush of toxins and that re-energizing blood flow throughout the system. It's a wonderful way to do it. Wim Hof does cold showers. Uh, that's something that, uh, listeners can, can look up at a later time. I know this is a lot of information, um, but also having movement in the morning, right? Even if it's five to 10 minutes of some yoga, it doesn't have to be anything big. And then do your breathing exercises, get that mental clarity, bringing that oxygen into your system, into your blood, and then 
focusing and getting your intention for the day and doing that meditation and sitting, that has been a changing practice for me. Like I feel so scattered if I don't even take, I'd been doing 20 minute meditations. And then for like three days, I didn't do them in the mornings. And I was like, why am I feeling so antsy and weird? What is going on? And then I got outside and did meditation outside for after the first fourth day. And I was like, <laughs> it makes there's that calm I was looking for. <laughs> it makes such a difference. We don't realize it, like, but it's crucial. I think it's crucial. Should, everyone should have a meditation practice and people think, oh, it's not for me. I can't sit still. That means you need it even more, you know? And to those people that can't, that's to, that say that, yes, they do need it more, but try incorporating mantra. So giving yourself some sort of an intentional saying to, to repeat to yourself over and over again, when I'm in a situation where I feel like I'm being cheated or something's not right, or, you know, kind of going against my vibration, mine is I'm worth more than this, or I'm worthy, you know? And so I repeat. And so even doing that and just coming back to that centering thought, you'll find your mind will wander. And then you have that thought to come back to guess what? You just meditated Mm -hmm. because it's about coming back to your present, right. And having that, that moment, even with yourself, like people think meditation just has to be sitting quietly and doing nothing. Oh no. It's, there's so many different ways. There's so many ways to meditate. So that that's just the morning routine and do not feel like you have to incorporate all of this at once. And I'm going to post, um, a, an infographic on my Instagram page. So we'll have a a link to that for everybody to see that we'll have all of this information. So don't feel like, Oh my God, pause. I got to (laughs) take notes. Got it. But you know, if you do pause, go review the podcast and (laughs) we'll have this all in the show notes to you guys. Yeah. Check out, Um, check out Frankie's Instagram. I will do an, um, an outro with all of the details, but Don't worry. We're not trying to overwhelm you guys, but there's so much value here. So much information. We just want to share it. You know, that's what we're here to do. So after your morning routine is done, um, what you want to make sure that you do eat breakfast. And I try to make sure that I eat before 10 a.m. Because you want to try to allow about two hours minimum between your meals, right? Give your digestive some system, some time to rest between meals and to really fully digest your food. Um, you will find that if, if you are eating and then you eat like a meal and then 30 minutes later, you have a snack, you're probably going to be hungry in another 30 minutes. And then you're probably going to be hungry in another 30 minutes. And that constant snacking and constantly having that digestive fire going. So your body doesn't know what to do because it's not getting the cycle that it needs. Right. So what happens is it just starts throwing stuff in random places and then you get like impermeable gut and, and, and your system starts being overloaded. It's like, Oh, wait, hold on. We already had that today. Wait, we just ate. Are we eating again? Can we, well, hold on. Can, do we need this? Can we need it? I don't hold on. Give me a break. You know, like your body needs that rest and digest. And that's another reason why I love being a yin and restorative yoga teacher, because it's a mindset as well as a digestive process. All about rest and flow. (laughs) All about that. All about it. So once you have your morning routine done, you want to try and eat lunch between noon and two. 
Um, this is your largest meal of the day. I know people like to do light meals and eat a salad and a chicken, you know, wrap or whatever, something small. But the deal is, is that you need that energy for your day. You've just busted your butt in the morning. You've probably done a workout. Maybe you had a protein shake or something before or after, but you know, your body needs that fuel. And so when you, when you don't give yourself the fuel, then your body starts reaching in other areas for things that may not be what it absolutely needs. And then you start getting those weird cravings, right? The sugar cravings and things and, you know, things that dairy cravings that, you know, wouldn't necessarily reach out for because your body is like, hold on. I didn't quite have enough. Like we still have a lot going on. So you want to try and eat the largest meal of the day at, at lunch and eat mindfully again, sit for five minutes and, and just realize the nourishment you've taken in. Um, you can combine that five minutes with a meditation. If you want to give yourself a mantra, like this food has just nourished my body, you know? Um, and then if you can walking for 15 minutes after you eat, um, if that's not accessible for you, if, if, if you have to sort of eat and then get back to work, when you get back to work, tuck your legs underneath your, your bum and, and sit on your heels for 15 minutes in a, what's called a hero's pose that helps stimulate digestion and it helps work the bowels. So you, yeah, it's fascinating. I think that most people would say like, Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time to do a walk. I don't have time. I have to just eat my food and get back to work. So that's beautiful. Isn't it? Amazing. Yeah. And it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. You have a pillow or, or like a blanket or something nearby. So you can stick it between your bum and your, your, your heels as you're learning and getting into it because it does take, if you haven't done this practice, I mean, even for me, like my legs started to fall asleep and I was like, oh, wow, this is intense. But when I got to like, I timed it when I got to like that 12, 13 minute mark, I was like, oh, I got to poop. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was listening to a video that was saying that you should actually be going like three times a day if you are eating three meals. Yes. Yeah. People are once a day if at all if at all, or they'll go every four days. Yeah. Which is absolutely uh, that that's insane to me. That irregularity just, it, that's, it's not, that is not a cycle and your body is on a 24 hour daily cycle. That is how that's the animal in you. That's how it works. That's how it's, it's on that cycle. Right. So yeah, having your, your midday meal, the largest meal and then you want to try and eat before sundown. So you want to try and, and take in the solar energy with that last meal. Um, so dinner between like six and seven, depending on your time zone, it may fall a little later. If you're in daylight savings and this, that, and the other, um, don't overeat at, at this meal. It should be less than what you have at lunch. Um, you don't, you really don't want to overeat because you're not going to be doing um, as much activity. Mind you, there are some people who work out at night and if you do, and that works for you, that's fine, but it can give you a boost of energy, which then can cause you to eat too late in the evening because you want to make sure that you don't have food for about two hours before you go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
same thing at dinner. You want to try and walk for 15 minutes afterwards or, or sit on your heels. I always try and either incorporate some sort of yogurt into my, my last meal or have a, a mango lassi or um, a ginger lassi or a cumin lassi to, which is just, it's, it's a blended, um, it's blended yogurt. It's, it's whole, whole milk yogurt, uh, full fat, cold. Yeah. You just keep it cold. You add a little bit of water if you don't want it to be too, too uh, thick. And I, you can put a little bit of honey in it if you want and turmeric. Sometimes people do like just, it, it helps with the digestion and it helps calm the gut and, and with, you know, getting everything moved through your system and assimilated and broken down and, and, and absorbed. Right. So dinner is finished, get that out of the way. And then we don't go into like real mindful mind activating activities. We want to think about, you know, listening to softer music, watching calm movies. You don't want to go watch like an action flick. That's got a bunch of, you know, guns blazing and fires and, you know, fights and this, that, and the other, you can fold laundry. You can read a book. You can, you know, do some journaling in the evening, restorative yoga, yin yoga, uh, meditation. You can take a, a quick warm shower. Don't do a cold shower. Cause again, that'll give you the energy that, that is desired in the morning. Right. And so a warm, calming shower just to sort of rinse the day off. And then, um, if you can incorporate some Ayurvedic herbs like triphala, um, to help with digestion, um, that you want to take about an hour before bed. You want to avoid any blue light screens, TV, laptop, phones. Um, you see me now I'm wearing my nice little blue blacker glasses because I knew I was going to oh, be I in front mine. of these screens for a long <laughs> day today. <laughs> there you go, girl, put them on. <laughs> um, and then you want to do, you want to brush your teeth and floss and, and, and try and be in bed. Um, if you want to do lemon water prior to going to sleep, you can just be mindful. It may, you may have to get up and go to the bathroom in the night. It, it, it's happened to me before. Um, and then you want to try and be in bed if you can, like, even if you can just crawl in bed by nine, like say, if you don't exactly go to sleep at nine, I get that latest try and actually be in your bed by 10 o'clock. Like you really want to try and shut your body down, still absorbing some of the last energies from the solar rays before you go to sleep. And so that having, having, um, all of the time that you need to sleep and it does vary by your dosha. And you will learn about that as you go and do a dosha test, your sleep pattern is determined on your body's type. So don't feel bad if you are only getting five hours of sleep a night and that works for you. And don't feel bad if, oh, I have to have eight or, or more. It, it is different for everybody, but you want to try and get to sleep at about that time so that you can take advantage and have the maximum amount of sleep for your energy the next day and wake up with that sun or right before it. This is so helpful, especially for me, because I like I'm just constantly trying to optimize my nighttime routine. And I think a lot of people might not 
want to admit that they need changes with their nighttime routine, but absolutely. (laughs) It's hard to shut down. Right. Mm -hmm. And brain dumping is one of my favorite things. Like if you have all these like thoughts running through your head, grab a freaking piece of paper and just write it down. That's your to-do list the next day or the next week, you know, like it's okay. That's normal. Mm -hmm. And, and literally brain dumping it. It's, it's helpful. It's cathartic even to get it out that way. Um, you asked about seasonal foods and in the uh, infographic that I created, I have spring foods listed. Um, and these are sort of broad for each dosha. Like, so you could serve these at a party and they would be acceptable for all doshas. Um, and, and you will find foods that cross over like that. Uh, but there are of course, specific foods for each dosha that align. But for spring foods, fruits, we're thinking like berries, apples, grapefruit, lemons, limes, pears, um, that fresh spring taste, right? Mm. Um, Veggies, arugula, asparagus, bell pepper, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, celery, cabbage, green beans, kale, spinach, these uh, very green, just spring, just life-giving foods, right? Herbs and spices, um, springtime, black pepper, cardamom, cayenne, cinnamon, coriander, fennel, ginger, hibiscus, orange peel. Some of these are teas, turmeric. Um, you can do them as teas, but you know, they're, they're all great. These herbs and spices are just so appropriate for the spring season to offset that, that energy, right. To sort of balance out the energy, um, nuts and seeds. There's you will have more according to your dosha, your constitution, but seasonally um, pumpkin and sunflower are, are what we're looking at is sort of acceptable. And I have those year round, to be honest, I have them on a pretty regular basis. Um, beans and grains. These are important because grains are very seasonal um, and people don't think about that because they're dried, but you have to think about when things are harvested and then dried so you want to eat them when they're in, in the best season for that picking, drying, and then that transportation. And, and so when you're thinking about, um, grains and I have ba- grains and beans put together, um, a dookie beans, which not many people will know, know what that is. You can, heard of that. You can Google it. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be on the list. Um, Barley, black beans, basmati rice, bulgur, chickpeas, couscous, cracked oats, cracked wheat, cracked rye. And the reason it's cracked is because it helps with the digestive. Mm. So that breaks it down just a little bit to help it get an advance on that energy, get an advance on that breakdown. Um, lentils, long grain, brown rice, millet, mung beans, quinoa, and then grain flours, grain flours. You're going to want to look at oats, wheat, rye, chickpea, couscous, barley, brown rice that are in the grains for the season. And they have them. It's amazing. Besan is actually the chickpea flour. So you won't see it as probably in a very gentrified whitewashed neighborhood. You will see it as chickpea flour because they're going to want to sell it like that. But if you don't see chickpea flour, Besan, B-E-S-A-N is how it's pronounced. (laughs) And then um, 
protein. You know, it's not necessarily an everyday thing in, in Ayurveda. It's more of a seasoning, if you will, um, flavoring for a dish like bacon can be made in a pan and then used sparingly in various dishes. And that grease can be used to cook something or, you know, so there's various ways to, to go about it. And they, they don't necessarily advocate that you eat meat all the time, yeah. but you don't have to be a hundred percent vegetarian either. So it's not, it's not like a restrictive this way or no way thing, mm -hmm. but spring protein, we're looking at chicken and freshwater fish and Turkey. So more of like the poultry, those lighter meats. Um, and then fats and oils always good across the board is going to be ghee, but for seasonally, we're thinking like flax oil, hemp oil, coconut oil, avocado oil. So those are going to be some, some good ones that people can tap into some good spring food recommendations. Amazing. This is so much value here. And we have this whole PDF that I will link in the show notes. I will find a uh, downloadable, but the best way to get this would be right on your Instagram page. Correct. Yeah. So I will have it posted, um, the afternoon of earth day. I've got to finish my little blurb and figure out all my tags for it, but we'll get it up there. Um, and then of course they can always reach out and, and DM me through Instagram. I'm very active on there. So you will probably see my little green light on if you're, <laughs> if you're logged in. Um, and then uh, there will be some resources in the show notes for anybody wanting to further uh, their knowledge and their education, including a dosha quiz, um, including um, a chakra, I'm sorry, a dosha balancing class that you can um, sign up for. If you're totally finding that this just rings true for you, there's a link that you can actually go and, and apply and, and do Ayurvedic health counseling for yourself. So it really is up to you how much you want to do. And we'll just give you the resources needed to try and, and, and get you to where you want to be in your learning journey. Amazing guys. Oops. That was my computer guys. I would say, I can't recommend enough to look into this stuff, at least take the quiz and see what kind what, what your body, um, what your body's constitution is and start identifying what's what's feeling good for you what's not feeling good and incorporate more of these herbs and these foods to help you find balance but definitely reach out to Frankie if you have any questions she is super active on her pages and shares amazing content and I'm sure with all of her studies in the future she's going to have a lot more um, offers in the future but She's amazing. And I'm so thankful for you coming on the podcast, Frankie. Thank you. Always a student. So yes, we'll be learning and growing together. <laughs> so it's like, thank you so much knowledge. And I hope you guys were able to take away a lot. If not, I mean, go back and listen again. This is one of those podcasts that you can probably listen to a few times and we'll put some notes in uh, but there is just so much content here. So I'm, I'm really excited for future podcasts with you so we can expand on some of these topics. Oh, absolutely. So much to expand on. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to stop this recording and I will see you guys in the next podcast.
Okay, guys, thank you again for listening. And I wanted to remind you that in the show notes, I do have Frankie's information, Instagram.com at Glowmo. Please go follow her and stay tuned with what she is going to do. She is going to change the world. She already is. I know that that was super informative for me. I'm going to be changing up my routines a bit more and incorporating these seasonal spring fruits and veggies and herbs. I mean, this is a whole new world if you are new to this. I mean, I am, but it's super exciting to be in this work and I'm just grateful to have you guys along for the journey and listening in. So thank you. Please give this podcast five stars in the Apple podcast app and write a review guys we really are trying to grow this and reach more people it is just me here but we're giving you a lot of free content so you can have access to the healing so you can heal your body and soul and mind in a world that just wants your money so thank you guys again and we will touch base the next podcast bye